Okay, so uh, a couple things before we start. Um, there were multiple people, it's, it's sponsored again by Yehuda Pellet for the Hatzlacha, those that are learning the Daf, and by Michael Rollhouse, Lezecha Nishmas, Gila Bashloima, and Leia Basafrayim, and Hashem Shavaliyah, by a couple other people that are anonymous, and that should be for their families, Hatzlacha, and for all those that are learning. Uh, okay, so we're up to we're up to Membezam and Bez. A very enjoyable daf today. Just have to work through each case. is not hard. You just got to work through it. Five lines from the bottom. I have a kasha. The kasha is as follows. There's a machlekes tanoim, Rav Meir and the Rabbonon, which we've, I think it's a very famous machlekes. It's called whether Adam makna which is, can I sell something that doesn't yet exist? So, you're a farmer. You need some cash early. The crops are not here yet. Can I sell uh, the fruit? Can I make a Kenyan now where he gives me the cash? I... I don't know, he does a Kenyan, and now he owns the fruit before it yet exists. Is there such a concept? Can I be makna davar shaloi balaoilam? It's machlekes tanoim. Futures, yeah, you're selling the futures, and it doesn't exist yet, so it's machlekes whether that's an effective transaction between our mayor and the rabbana. Well, the question is, in Kenyanim, it could be I can't make a Kenyan on something that does not exist. So therefore, if I can make the Kenyan, but I could still back out because there's nothing here to make the Kenyan on. I'm selling fruit that doesn't yet exist. It's not an uncommon thing. No, 100%. It's, it, I'm sure it was very common. The farmers needed cash early. They wanted to just in, in, in advance. So it's not an whether that's an effective Kenyan. So the question is like this. That's interesting. What if a, a master wants to sell his slave but not entirely, just for the rights if he's killed. Right? The halacha is that if a slave is killed, right, let's say it's gored to death, then the, 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 whore, the, um, the owner of the cow has to pay a knas. Right? We had that yesterday. So let's say the knas is, is, is $10,000. Whatever it is, it's $10,000. Can I sell my slave to the rights only that if he's gored to death, you get the money? So I'm not selling him this slave yet. I have a slave. I'll take a hundred bucks. You give me a hundred bucks, and if he's ever gored to death, you get all the cash. It's a gamble. It's life insurance. The question is, does that is that work? So the question is, is that a problem of because he has not been yet been gored, right? So can I sell that if he's gored, you get the money? Does is that an effective transaction? The Gemara says, This is a kasha both the Rameir and the Rabbanon. Meaning, however you hold about this is still a question. How so? Meaning, because as an outsider, you would just say, Well, it's Tali in the Shaila. If you could be if I could sell something that does and not yet exist, well, he's not gored yet, so I could sell it. And if not, not. But it's not so posh. Why? Rameir, I would ask, according to Rameir, Rameir only said his concept that you could sell something that does not yet exist. Perhaps Rameir only said his opinion on fruit, which is statistically very probable that fruit will grow. Right? What's the likelihood that fruit is going to grow? I don't know, 99.5%, right? So therefore, if mayor feels that you could sell something that doesn't yet exist, that's very likely to happen. What's the likelihood that my slave will be gored to death? Very, very small percentage. So perhaps even a mayor who feels that you could sell something that doesn't yet exist, but he would only feel that he could do that on something that's statistically probable. But he says, over here. Who says that he's going to be gored? And even if he's gored, you don't necessarily have to pay, right? Why? It's a knas, right? Uh, if, you're go- if, if, you, if your animal gores a slave, you have to pay 30 shekel. It's called a knas. There's a concept called which means... 
that you only have to pay a knas if you're taken to court. If you preemptive and go to court and say, my animal did this, you're potter. It's called moide knas. So even if it happens, it's like a statistical improbability that is going to happen. Even if it happens, you don't always collect the money. Right? Dilma moide miftar. So therefore, perhaps our mayor would not be comfortable with selling the rights to the potential goring to death. And the truth is, this will be a cash on the Rabbanon as well. Why? Because the Rabbanon feel that you're not able to sell something that does not yet exist. But over here, I'll tell you it outside, over here, everything does exist. You see, by the case of the fruit, the fruit does not, it's not in the world. It doesn't exist. Over here, what do you need for an animal to be gored to death? For a slave to be gored to death? You need a slave? You need the animal. Both are existing. They haven't met yet, but they're both in this world. Now, the situation hasn't happened yet, but it's unlike fruit where the fruit does not yet exist in this world yet. The Gemara says, Rabbanon only have their opinion that you cannot sell something that does not yet exist. Regarding fruits, because they don't yet currently in physicality exist. But over here, over here, the, 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 the cow exists, the evid exists. My, so what's the halacha? Yeah, but even our mayor, it still, it still has to be, uh, it could be that his opinion of could be, you still need rife. In general, yes, but it could be in this case, he's not I'm not sure. So the Gemara says, so that's the kasha. The kasha is, can I sell a slave for the rights that if he's killed, you'll collect the money. Now, I'm going to tell you outside what we're going to, what the Gemara is going to do. The Gemara is going to do, a, it's a long brysa that basically says that a koyin, right, a koyin slaves can, can eat truma. Now, the Pasuk specifically verbalizes this is true whether he bought the slave or whether he bought a slave and that slave had a child. Right? Those are two different types of slave. Right? I mean, they're the same. They're just two different situations. Slave. You could have a slave that you bought and then that bought slave can have a baby. That's two different things. So the Gemara wants to know, why do I have to speak out both cases? What's the, what, what, what? Right, once I know that if I buy a slave, he could eat truma, then what's the difference? If I buy a slave and then he has a baby, it's even more that he could eat truma, because at least he was born under my domain. So the Gemara has a very long brysa to prove that the reason why these two uh, clauses are necessary in the Pasuk is to tell you, what if you have a slave that has no value? You can have a slave that has no value. He's bedridden with boils. He can't work, he can't move. That's Gemara's example. Namsh can't move, can't move at all. He's 500 pounds obese and he can't move and his uh, leg is amputated, whatever. Can he still eat truma? The answer is yes. So you have these entire pasuk to prove that even if a slave doesn't have value, he's still a slave in halacha and he can eat truma. Now that's the Gemara. Now let me ask you a question. If every slave you could sell the rights that if he's gored to death, you collect cash, then how do you ever have a slave that has no value? I understand, yes, if the slave can't work, he won't have the classic value, but if every slave, right, how much, let's say it's $10,000 if, if he's gored to death, how much could you sell to a gambler? Give me 50 bucks. Maybe, it might be worth his time. If every slave can be sold for the rights, for the future rights of if he's gored to death, then how do you ever have a slave that has no value? The fact that you can have a slave that has no value means you can't sell it. If the, that, that's the Gemara's proof, you understand? Yeah? He's on his deathbed. Oh, okay, so that's the Gemara's answer. You ruined it. Oh. No, no. <laughs> so the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. 
Amar of Abba Tashima. The, the Braisa says like this, regarding the slaves that a Kayan owns, the Yelid bias, the Pasuk says that he, uh, slaves can eat Truma, and then Yelid bias, which is uh, born to a slave, could also eat Truma. What do I need this for? Once I know that a slave that you bought off the market can eat Truma, the child of a slave, because that's bought into your domain. So, the Gemara says, why do you need both? Because I would say, I would say that maybe for the baby born to a slave to eat, he has to have value. How do I know that he eats truma even if he has no market value? Now that we know, okay, so we've proven from the Pasuk that if your baby is a slave is a baby is born to the slave, he eats truma even if he has no value. How do I know the same halacha applies if I bought a slave from the market and he has no value? How do I know that he also eats truma? The Pasuk puts them in the same, the two clauses in the same Pasuk to compare the two. It's just like a baby born to the slave. Oh, so you see from this price that you can have slaves that have no value. If you think and if you think that a master can sell the rights to potential future death, then then how do you ever have a slave that has no value? Every slave has a value. You could sell it in the in the in the in the betting department. Every slave has a value. He might be killed. So, ha- so the fact that you can have a slave that has no value, vice means that you cannot sell that thing. And the only value is based on their servitude. And if they can't work, they have no value. So the Gemara says, no. This is what you said. And that is, what happens if you have a slave that's on his deathbed? It's a trefa. The doctors say he's got six weeks to live. If an animal gores that slave, he doesn't have to pay a knas. You only have to pay a knas when you killed a healthy person. Someone that's dying anyway, there is no knas. So really, generally, you could sell the rights to a slave if he's... Is that true that he has yeah, there's no knas on the trefa. Obviously, by the case of boils, you can't sell him. Well, you can't sell him... Well, you can't sell him to work because he's got no value. I, why can't I sell that? What if he's gored to death? The answer is he's dying also. He's not going to, exactly. I mean, it has to be that he's full of boils and he's not going to live the year. Because if he's not going to live the year, then if, even if an animal kills him, you're not going to make the animal pay. Knast, the guy was the dying man anyway. And he has no value, so that's the case. So generally, every slave could be sold. So how do you have a matzah if a slave has no value? It's where the slave is dying and he's full of boils. Well, we, can go, we can go back to, uh, to what you said before, that if he goes ahead and admits beforehand... That yeah, but that, that would still, but that still he has a market value because that's a way of getting out of it. Right, but at the end of the day, he still has a market value. The only way he has no market value is if he's dying. Because then you can't even, even in the betting department, you go to someone, hey, buy 50 bucks, you'll buy the rights if he's killed. The guy's like, well, what's his health? He's dying in six weeks. Well, then I'm not getting a class anyway, right. so he's got no market value. Well, so, but, but he doesn't have boils. No, because then, you know, because if he doesn't have boils, then he has a market value based on the fact that he could work for 10 weeks. Right? He's dying in 10 weeks. But if he could still work for 10 weeks, that's a market value. It has to be that he has no ability to work, and he's dying, so he's got no class. So the Gemara says... Even if he's dying, he could still work. He's full of boils and he's, and he's, uh, and he's a manuval. So all these things, he's disgusting. So therefore, he has no market value in any form. Okay. I have another kasha. Now, before we go, Vaitar, just two things to remember. When you're Mekadish and Isha, 
This is a sugi in Kedushin. If a man goes over to a woman and says, half of me is Mekudosh to you, meaning half of me, I'm only Mekadosh, half of me is Mekadosh to you, the halach is it's a full Kedushin. Because he's Mekadosh the whole woman. Why did he say only half of him? It's because it's his way of saying to her, I'd like to be able to marry other women still, which a man is allowed to do. It's very romantic, but if he says, Chatsi Mekudosh Eslach, Kedushin. But if you go over to a woman and the man says, I only want to marry half of you, it doesn't work. Because you have to Mekadosh her fully. Okay, so half of the man is Mekadosh, works. Half the woman doesn't work. The kasha is like this. Knowing that, now that we have that information, the question is like this. We had a situation where you could have a woman who's a half-slave, half-free woman. Right? Two owners, one freezer, one doesn't. If I'm Mekadosh her, does that work? Meaning, does it make it that she's an Ashish-ish? At least half of her is an Ashish-ish? Is Kedushin typhus? Right, a guy you can't be Makadish, a Jew you could. She's a half Jew, half guy. According to the first case, uh, it, it seems like it should work. Well, well, the question is, is it comparable to Kedushin? Because uh, by Kedushin, if you're Makadish half of a woman, it doesn't work. Right. But over here, you're not Makadish half the woman, you're Makadish the whole woman that you can, right. right? By the case of a regular Jewish woman, where you can Makadish 100% of her, and you choose 50, that's no good. Right. But over here, she only has 50. I'm Makadish 100% of 50%. I'm doing everything I can. On the other hand, it's still only 50%. So that, that's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, If a man is Makadish, this half-woman, half-slave, is it a good Kedushan? Meaning, is she a married woman halachically? Now we know that if a man says half of me is Mekudosh to you, that works because the Chazil Kula, because over there at least he's marrying a full-fledged woman, 100% of a Jew. But over here she's not 100% Jewish, so perhaps it doesn't work. But in Tim Silam, on the other hand, on the other hand, we know that if you're Mekudosh half of a woman, it doesn't work. Right? Isn't that half of a woman doesn't work? Because over there, over there, by a half of a woman, you have 100% she's a Jewish woman. So you could be Makadashar 100%. You choose 50. That's called Shire Kinyanai. That's, that's not, your heart's not fully into it. Over here, yes, at the end of the day, how much of the woman would be married? 50%. But at least I did everything. I did. I gave it. I gave it hundred percent what I can. It turns out only fifty percent could be chal. So that's the Gemara's question: Is it a good kedushin or not? So Tashima. Okay. So we said yesterday. Let's say you have a half slave, half free man, half slave, half free man, and he's killed by an ox. So if he's a slave, you gave the owner thirty shekel. If he's a free man, you give him a kaifer. So what do we say? You do. We split it. We split the money. 50% of the knas goes to the master's family, and 50% of the kaifer goes to the slave, the half-slave, half-Jew's family. Amazing question. Again, the case, again. You have a half-slave, half-Jew, who's uh, gored to death. Now, so the question is, so the question is, who gets it? So the, the point is, half of the knas goes to the half of the knas goes to the master's family, and half of the kaifer goes to the family of the half slave, half Jew. Okay. So the Gemara says like this: No, you only have to pay half of the kaifer and half the knas. 
Half of the knas goes to the master's family, half of the kaifer goes to the half-slave, half-family. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Now, what's the point? V'i amrit, kedushin, lav kedushin, yarshim minole. The Gemara says like this. Yeah, one second. I'm sorry, I, I, I was just confused. I made a big mistake on the entire case. The case is not your Makadisha half a Jew, half slave. It's where the man who's a half Jew, half slave is Makadisha woman. That's, I, I apologize. But, meaning it's not where the woman is a half slave, half Jew. It's the man is a half, slew, half, half slave, half Jew, and he's Makadisha woman, does that work? It's a similar, you know, it's a similar thing. So the Gemara, again, it's the same Kasha. The Kasha is, over here, he's Makadisha full, uh, full woman. On the other hand, only half of him could be could give over Kedushin. That's the Gemara's Kasha. Let me just do it again, because I, 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 you know. You have a man who's a half-slave, half-Jew. And he was Mekadish, a full Jewish woman. Mahu, what is the halacha? We know that when a man says, half of me is Mekadish to you, it works. But over there, at least the man is fully Jewish. But over here, he's only a half Jew, so maybe it doesn't work. And on the other hand, we know that if you're Mekadish, a half of a woman, it does not work. That's Deshar B'Kenyana. Because over there, you, you, while only 50%, because you're, you're, you're only giving up 50% of your essence. But over here, he's being a Kaddisher fully. He just happens to be a half guy. So the question is, does it work? So the que- Again, so the question is, you have a half slave, half Jew, who's a Kaddisher woman, is it a good Kaddushan? He's doing 100% of his ability, but the outcome is only 50%. So that, no, correct. So the Gemara says, oh, so Tashima Hamas, So it said, the half slave, half Jew it gets killed by an ox, half the knas goes to the master, and half the kaifer goes to his children. Let me ask you a question. How does he have children? Halachically children. I'm not talking about Goyim don't have children halachically. I'm talking about, right? It goes to his Yarshim. Yarshim is Jewish. How does he have children? It must be when is a woman, it's Kedushin. It's a good Kedushin. And the children that he have are from that union. Yeah? You can't have children before they became enslaved? It won't be. Those are not Yarshim in Halacha. Oh, yeah? Because they're not Yarshim. They're Goyim. The the halacha is that the kaifer is only given over to his yarshim if he actually has halachic yarshim. No, no. Because they're goyim. Goyim don't have the laws of Yerusha like Jews do. I'll I'll, I'll read you just to, so that you know that um, the offspring born to a slave, whether by a lawful marriage to a slave woman or by an all lawful marriage to a free woman, are not legally considered his children. Um. Yeah. Now, by the way, I, I don't know if this is, I think this, this is Dafka by slaves. By Goyim, it could be they have Yarshim. By, by slaves. I Meaning, the point is, he's a slave. So, how does he have children? It must be he's a Chatzev and Chatzmen Chorin, right? He's a Chatzev and Chatzmen Chorin. It says he has children, and, and the money goes to his Yarshim, goes to his children. So, the Kaifer, right? Half the Kaifer, which is $10,000, goes to his children. How does he have children? It must be, he was Mekadish and Isha, a Jewish woman. The Kedushin is Chal. They had babies together. And those are his Yarshim. But if you hold the Kedushin is not Typhus, that is not a good Kedushin, then those children are just slave children. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, 
You know what the answer is? It doesn't mean it goes to his children, it goes to him. And the case is, he was, uh, he was mortally wounded from this ox, and the money, the kaifer, goes to him. So when it says it goes to his children, it actually goes to him. Meaning, really, and there is no kedushin. And therefore, he can't have children halachically. I, I thought the money goes to his children. The answer is like this. Normally, when you're killed, you pay after the kaifer, right? You're killed, they pay the kaifer. The case is that he was mortally wounded. And while he's laying in the hospital dying, they say you have one week to live. While he's laying in the hospital dying, the guy pays him the money. And who does it go to? It goes to him. It doesn't go to his children. He doesn't have children. It goes to him. So when it says, Yarshav, it really means him. And you're paying him while he's dying. Now, there's two problems with this. First of all, my Yarshav Nafshi. Amar Rav Rav says, that's problematic for two reasons. First of all, Chada, Yarshav Kedani. First of all, it says his kids, not him. Okay, so. Va'oid, Kaifer who? When do you pay a Kaifer? This is Kaifer, right? This is not paying for uh, damages. This is paying for a Kaifer. You only pay a Kaifer after death. You don't pay a kaifer while they're dying in the hospital. So kaifer You only pay the kaifer after the person dies. So that can't be the pshat. Elama Rava roy leads over Eloi. So you know what Rava says? Really, he can't have children because really kedusha is not typhus. I it says the money goes to his children. It means if he was able to have children, it would go to his children. But because he can't, you don't have to pay. So in other words, you don't have to pay the kaifer at all. It says you pay half the kaifer to the children. What it means is. If he was conceptually possible to have halachic children, you would pay. But because he can't, you don't have to. That's exactly so it's a daichik. Amar Rava, Rava says, how much is kaifer? His value on the slave market. The value of a free man on the slave market. So I don't know how much that is. It's probably a decent amount. Amarava, Rava says, Kashem Shemakadish Khati Isha in Mikudeshas. Rava says, the same way if you're Makadish half of a woman, it doesn't work. Kakatsi Shivka Khazbiskar and Shinaskadsha in Kedusha Kedushin. Rava says, if you're Makadish a half woman, it doesn't work. So too if you're Makadish a half freed slave, half 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 guy. So you have a, a woman who has two owners. One freed her, one didn't. So she's a half a Jew, half of a slave, half of a guy. If you're Mekadashar, the Kedushan is not Typhus. The same way if you're Mekadashar, half a woman, it doesn't work. So if you're Mekadashar, this woman, it doesn't work. Darj Rabba Barav Huna. Rabba Huna said the same thing. Kishem Shem Mekadash Chati Isha in Mekudashas. Kav Chati Yashim Chatz Bizkharin. Shinaskacha in Mekudashas. Doesn't work. Amalir of Chizr. Chizr says to Rabba, Me, dummy, how do you compare the two? Again, you're comparing a half slave, half Jew to being Mekadash, half of a woman. The difference is, as we said before, when you're Mekadish half of a woman, you're choosing to only make the Kedushan on half of her. But over here, you're Mekadish 100% of her. It just happens to be she's a half guy. There's a difference between 50% of 100% and 100% of 50%. There's a difference. He says, Over the case, why a regular Jewish woman that you choose to own Mekadish 50%, you're choosing to do a weak Kenyan. Over here, you're doing everything you can. You're Mekadish 100% of her. It happens to me, she's a half guy, so it only 50% works. I think it should be a Kedushan. That's Rav Chista's take. Rav Huna, when he was told this from Rav Chista, he realized he made a mistake. So what he did was, he got, a, 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 he got the shear together again, and he made a, someone announce, Vidarish, he made the following thing. The Pasuk describes Torah as a stumbling block. So what does it mean? The famous line, You only learn Torah when you make a mistake. Meaning once you make a mistake, 
then sometimes that's when you could find out. I mean, a lot of times you'll only understand the proper halacha when you made a mistake. Because you make a mistake and then you realize, oh, I can't do that. And you'll learn from that. You'll never make that mistake again. So Rabbi Avun was saying, I made a mistake when I passed in that if you make a mistake, and it's not a kudushin, it's a mistake. And rather, what's the halacha? He said, although if you're Makadish half a woman, it doesn't work, but if you're Makadish a half shifcha, half half free woman, it does work. Why? My time because over here you tried the Makadish her hundred percent, and that's all that we could ask for. Yeah, but the problem with that is that and if you decide that you're gonna try give uh, she's Makadish Khatsi Puka, that's all you had. But that's at least the Kenyan is flawed. Over here, your Makadish full amount, 100% rotsin to the 100% of the woman, it just turns out only 50% could be chal. He feels that, that that's enough. That's, that's, I mean, it's machoikas, but that's Rechis's take. Now the Gemara says, okay, Am Rav Sheishas, Kishem Shemakadish Chatsi Isha, Enim Kadashis, Kas Chatsi Shiv, Hatsbis Khanishis Gacha, Ain Kedusha Hakadushin. Rav Shesha said, like Rabba originally, that if you Makadish a half free woman, half slave, it does not work. It is not a good Kedushin. And he says, And if someone whispers to you the following Pasuk that seems to disagree with me, because the following Pasuk seems to indicate that you could have Kedushin by a half slave. What does the Pasuk say? I'll read you the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, we had this yesterday. I'm, I'm, the, the pasuk, the pasuk says, uh, quoted two days ago. The pasuk says as follows: The ish ki yishkav es isha shichvazera. If a man lives with a woman, the he shivcha, and she's a slave woman, nechrefes leish, and she is um, she is a shivcha harufa to a man. Hefta leinufdasa, she was not fully redeemed. Oichufshan, she was not given a doc, bill of emancipation. Leinitin lebikaris tilumosu kiloichufsha. You don't. She's not. You don't die because she was not fully freed. Meaning, if she was fully freed, she would be. Uh, she would be a Jewish woman that you lived with. But because she wasn't, she's a half slave, half Jew, according to most Tanoim. Therefore, you don't get the death penalty. Says the Gemara. And if someone tells you, the Pasuk describes living with a Shifcha Harufa. What's a Shifcha Harufa? Says the Braisa, this is a Rebbe This is a half slave, half woman. That was married to an Eved Ivri. That means that a half Shifcha, half Harufa, half free slave, half, half, half guy, half Jew. Has Arisen. It says Muresis Levit Ivri. That means that a half slave, half Jew, could be married to a Jewish man. So you see that Kedushin is Chal. He says, No, I'll tell you why that, that, Pashik, that, that Pasuk doesn't mean that. According to Rabbi Shmuel, what's the Pasuk referring to? According to Rabbi Kiva, the Pasuk is referring to a half slave, half Jew. Who Muresis Levit Ivri. And it shows you that, and, and again, the implication is that they're married. According to Rabbi Shmuel, you know what the Pasuk is referring to? According to Rabbi Shmuel, the Pasuk is referring to a full guy, a full slave woman. How could a full slave woman have Arisen? The answer is she can't. So what is a Muresis Levit Ivri? It just means they're together. They were set together as slaves. It doesn't mean halachic marriage. I'll prove it to you that this can't be the Pshat. That when it says Hamurasa Levit Ivri, it doesn't mean actual marriage. And that's not a proof that Kedushin is Chal. No, Mures Levitivri just means that they're, they're, they're together. They're together. Not halachically together. They're together. I'll prove it to you. Because go to Ravi Shmol. Ravi Shmol, how does he interpret the Pasuk? 
He says that it's talking about a full slave woman. Now, a full slave woman is a gaita. She can't have kedushin. She can't have erisin. So what does mu'reses mean? Mu'reses doesn't mean halachic marriage. It just means yichud. They're living together. The shivcha kananis basitrosi. How can a shivcha kananis have erisin? Ella ma'isachememer. How do you interpret the brayz according to Rabbi Shmuel? My mu'reses miuchades. It doesn't mean halachic marriage. It just means they're yichud. They're two slaves living together. So. So to even if it's a half-slave, half-Jew, it just means miyuchedes. It just means that she's living with the evidence. It doesn't mean actual marriage. It's not indicative of whether there's marriage on a half-slave, half-Jew. Okay. Abra of Chizr, of Chizr says, Half-slave, half-Jewish woman. Okay, this is, a, okay. Back to Yavamas for a second. Um, if you guys remember, the, the, I know, I'll, I'll explain very simply. You have, you have three brothers. Okay, you have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. She's married to Reuven. Okay, Reuven dies. So now she's up for Yibam. Either Shimon or Levi, someone's got to be Miyavin her. Shimon, before Yibam, gives her Kedushin. Remember there was a thing called Maimer, the yes. rabbinic, rabbinic Kedushin. He gives her a ring. He says, And then before he marries her, he gets hit by a bus. So now she falls to Yibam, to Levi. But the problem is, she is biblically the husband of Ruvain, and she's rabbinically the husband of Shimon. So she's falling to Levi with having a connection to two of his brothers. The rabbis didn't like that. The rabbis felt that that's not a good Yibam, and she doesn't do Yibam in such a case. Because we don't want Yibam when you're bound to multiple brothers, only one brother. Okay, fine. The question is like this. So that, you understand? So that's, you can't have Yibam if you're bound to multiple brothers. Here's the case. Correct. You have a half slave, half Jew. She's Makadish Ruven. Again, Ruven's Makadisher, which we had a Shiloh before, whether it's a good Kedushin, right? It's Machlikis. Vinishtachra, then she's freed. So Ruven is Makadisher. Then she becomes a free woman. And the next day, without receiving a get from Ruven, she's Makadish Ruven's brother, Shimon. So she's Makadish Ruven, becomes free, and then is Makadish Shimon. Well, she did it. Umesu. And then Reuven and Shimon die. They're both hit by a bus. She's, Mekadish, she's a half slave, half Jew. Mekadish Reuven. Reuven is Mekadisher. Then she's freed. No get. Then Shimon is Mekadisher, his brother. They're both hit by a bus. So the question is, does she do Yibam? So you'll say, well, she's kind of bound to both brothers. The answer is no, she's not. Well, no, she was, she was freed. She was freed in between. Mekadish Reuven, very simple. Very simple. Don't look at the Gemara. Don't look at the Gemara. It's going to look at the Shai. Mekadish Reuven, she's a half-slave, half-Jews. Mekadish Reuven. It's a Shaila of whether it's Kedushin, right? We had a Mechalikas before. Reuven is Mekadisher. She becomes a free woman, full Jew. Then Shimon, the brother's Mekadisher. Then they're both hit by a bus. So the question is, you'll say, well, she's kind of bound to Reuven and Shimon. The answer is, no, she isn't. If Reuven's Kedushin is a good Kedushin, then Shimon's Kedushin didn't take effect because you can't be Mekadish, your, your sister-in-law. If Reuven's Kedushin is not a good Kedushin, then Shimon's Kedushin is. Meaning, it's not like the other case where she's bound to both. She's either bound to only Reuven or only Shimon, right? If you hold that a Chatsi Shib Chatsi could be Mekudeshes, then she's married to Reuven, then Shimon's Kedushin didn't take effect. You can't be Mekadesh Chayiv Krisis. If his Kedushin is not good, then she's only bound to Shimon. So we just don't know who she's married to, but she's only married to one of them. So says the Gemara, she could do Yibum to Levi. Because she's not, 
And says the Gemara on the next page, She's not bound to both. Why? If she's married to Reuven, then, Kedushin's a- then Shimon's actions did not take effect. And if she's not married to Reuven, and she's only married to Shimon, then she's not married to Reuven. So it's one or the other. We just happen to not know which one it is. Hashem knows. But it's not both. It's one or the other. We just happen to not know. Okay. That's that halacha. One more halacha. Itmar. Okay, the following case. Very similar. Almost identical, except that Reuven and Shimon are not brothers this time. Half slave, half Jew. Mekudish to Reuven. Becomes a free woman. Mekudish to Shimon. Not related. Reuven and Shimon. Two randos. The question is, who is she married to? When she becomes free... Okay, let's just go very simple. Reuben is Mekadashir. She's a half-slave, half-Jew. We said we're not sure whether it's a good condition. Then she becomes free. What happens when she becomes free? Is that like a divorce? Like, brand new. Like, whatever happened before is done. She's now Jewish. Or no, once she becomes free, that's when his condition is 100% chal. You hear what I'm saying? Meaning you have, you're Mekadashir, half-slave, half-Jew. It's a shaila of whether it's a good condition. We're not sure. It's Machlegas. Then she becomes free. Two ways to look at what happens. When she becomes free, you could look at it as like an etch-a-sketch. Like whatever happened before is now for sure gone. Now she's fully Jewish. Or no, whatever happened before is now, now it's fully chal. Now his marriage, which was a shayla, is now 100% a marriage. That's the shayla. Who is she married to? So the Gemara says, once she becomes free, it's like a new start. And she's only married to Shimon. He says, no, Rav says the opposite. When she becomes free, then she becomes 100% married to Reuben. Because that's when the Kedushin is fully chal. So it's Machloikes. Same case. the same case. So, half slave, half Jew. Mekadish to Reuven. Then she becomes free. Then she's Mekadish to Shimon. What happens when she became free? Was Reuven's Kedushin... No, was Reuven's Kedushin, when she became free, was Reuven's Kedushin just erased? Or no, when she became free, that's when Reuven's Kedushin is actually 100% Chal, because now she's a full Jewish woman. And then Shimon's Correct. That's the question. It's a machlekes. So Amrav Zera, Kavasi Dimisar, Zera says, I have a proof to me. <laughs> I make sense. That what? That, that it's a full Kedushin to Reuven. Why? The Pasuk says that if you marry a half-slave, half-Jew, and you live with her, you live with half-slave, half-Jew, you have to bring a carbon. It's not the death penalty. Why? Because the Pasuk says, she's not free. The implication is that once she's freed, then she becomes a full ish. Oh, so you see, because the Pasuk says you don't get the death penalty because she's not freed, the implication is that once she's 100% freed, then she becomes a full ish, which is a raya that Reuven's Kedushin is chal. Abaya says, wait a minute. You're understanding the Pasuk like Rebbe Kiva, that the Pasuk is referring to a half-slave, half-Jew. But according to Rebbe Shmuel, what's the Pasuk referring to? According to Rebbe Shmuel, the Pasuk is referring to a full gaita, a full guy, full slave. So what does it mean that she's not freed? What it means is, you don't get the death penalty because she's not freed when a full gaita becomes free. How, how does that make her an ish? What it means is, she's not freed and then didn't become an ish after the freedom. So therefore, the Pasuk is not referring to, it's not a raya either way. It's not a raya that once she becomes free, then all of a sudden, Kedushin is chal, because the, according to Rabbi Shemal, the Pasuk is referring to a full gaita. 
And what do you have to, how do you interpret the Pasuk? It means there's no death penalty because she's not freed and then she didn't get married after the freedom. So it's not a right either way. Okay, one more second before the Mishnah. According to Rabbi Shmuel, the Pasuk, is a, the Pasuk says you don't get the death penalty because she's not freed. The implication is that once she's freed, she becomes a Yishasish. The answer is that's not the case at all. According to Rabbi Shmuel, the Pasuk is referring to a full guy, full slave. So what do you have to say? What it means is, there's no death penalty because she's a full slave. She wasn't freed yet, and then after freedom, she didn't get married to a man. So it's not referring to just freeing her, it's not going to make her ish. It's freeing her and then having Kedushan afterwards. So it's not a riot either way. One more little sugya, and we'll get to the Mishnah. Amrav Hunabar Katin, Amrav Yitzchak. Ma'isa bi'isha achas, shechetz yeshivcha v'chetzibaschar, she was a half-slave, half-Jew, v'kavus rabav v'chetzibaschar, and the, they forced the master to free her. Now, if you remember in the Mishnah, Beisham and Beisil agree that we forced the master to free a man who's a half-slave, half-Jew. Why? Because a man who's a half-slave, half-Jew, for pruvu purposes. Is there pruvu on a woman? No. So why are we forcing them to free her when she's a half-slave, half-Jew? Oh, she can't get married. Who cares? There's no pruvu. So why did they force her? So says the Gemara... Women are obligated in Pruvu. So if women are obligated in Pruvu, that's why they would free her. So it's a riot. The Gemara says no. The reason why they freed her is because men were living with her. Meaning it wasn't because of Pruvu, it was that men were living with her because they said she's a half slave, half Jew, she can't marry anybody anyway. So she was having Mises Nus. It wasn't the reason why they freed her is not because of Pururvu, it's because she knew she couldn't marry anybody anyway, so she was just becoming like so a prostitute. So, so they don't want men to be living with a woman like in a prostitution. So they, they freed her to stop that. So she could have a husband and not. Well she's a half slave, half Jew, so she's oh. stuck. Okay. Mishnah. Uh, well think about it. She can't marry anyone anyway, so she if you had a husband, then you stopped from doing bad things. She couldn't marry anybody anyway, so she was like, what's the difference? Who cares? Might as well. They forced, they forced her to, to, to force the master to free her. And then be Jewish. Yeah, you have no choice. You can't force it. Huh? Then she's Correct. So you want to force somebody who's bizarre. Well, right now, you got no, you got no choice. Right now, it's an alternative. It's not better. Okay, Mishnah says like this: And the halacha is that if you sell your slave to a guy, or if you sell your slave outside of Eretz Yisrael, you have to free him. Meaning, he goes free. Like the same way, if you're mafker the Eved, he goes free, because uh, the Rabbana were not happy with right. Right now, he's a non-Jewish slave, but he's obligated in keeping certain Torah mitzvahs. Once you sell him to a guy that he's not able to keep any termites. Because you did that, the rabbis were not happy, and he goes free. Similarly, if you sold him outside of Eretz Yisrael, he's no longer obligated in the midst of Eretz Yisrael, and we don't like that, and therefore the rabbi is punished, and he goes free. All right, just to finish off the daf, uh, we'll be done in five minutes. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, <clears> Tan <throat> Rabbanon, Hamoicher Avdoi, 
If you sell your slave to a guy, he goes free. Now, as we've said many, many times, just because he goes free does not mean that he doesn't get a mill emancipation. Going free means that he's not financially responsible to you, but he can't marry a Jew until he gets a bill of emancipation. He needs a get shikhar, he needs a bill of emancipation from the Jew. Says Rishim Gamliel, if when he sold him to the guy, he wrote a document saying that he's being sold, then he doesn't have to. That's the bill of emancipation. What's the Lashen? What's Ono? My Ono, what does the document say? As he was selling the, the slave to the guy, he wrote in the document, You're sold to the guy, and even if you run away from the guy, you're not coming back. We're done. So that itself, although it's part of the bill of sale, that itself is, all, that itself is also a bill of emancipation. Okay. Even though it's not saying that you're emancipated. It, 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 it could, it, it's, it's yotza for the bill of emancipation. Taner Abanan. Okay, from here until the end of the Amid, we'll end with this, and that it's a shayla of if, if you have, um, if you make a slave as collateral to a guy, do you look at it as if it's already the guy's? Right? If you sell the slave to the guy, he goes free. What if I appoint the slave as collateral? So, do we say that collateral is already as if it's collected, and then it's as if he already went free, and therefore you have to free him? So, If a guy, you borrowed money from a guy, so you borrowed $1,000 from the guy, you don't have a way of paying it back, so you make the guy, you make the slave, you made the slave collateral. Once the guy does nemusai, Once it's nemusai, he goes free. You have to force him to go free. What's nemusai? What does that mean? My nemusai. nashki. This was a seal on the slave's neck that everyone would have like a special seal that'd be like, oh, this is Menashe's slave. It'd have a giant M or something. And you would hang it on the necks of the slaves. So if he's collateral, once the guy puts that Nashki around him, once the guy puts that, uh, you know, that necklace around him, that he's basically saying he's mine, that's it, you have to free him because that's considered a sale to a guy. Okay? So now the word Nashki means uh, a seal around the slave's neck. So they would do, it was years, they would, they would put this, the seal around the slave's neck. So if you made the slave... That was considered a seal. That's, 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 yeah, that's it, that's his. Now the problem is... That's considered a sign of being... Ownership. ownership. The problem is, we have a similar case of collateral with land, and it says by the collateral of land, Nashki. Now you can't put a necklace on land. So it's a, it's a technical issue. You can't say that Nashki means a necklace because it says the same thing by uh, land. Yeah, but there's no, they didn't do tags by land either. So the Gemara says, Master Rav Sheish is, I don't understand. You're telling me Nashki means a necklace. The Bryson says as follows. Now, very simple. I'm sure, was it, 827. We'll be done in four minutes. Very simple. Um, when it comes to uh, Meiser, Meiser is only obligated of land that belongs to a Jew. Land that belongs to a guy is not obligated to Meiser. So let's say you have a Goyesha land, but an artist, but a Jew is a sharecropper. So the sharecropper means that he works the land and he gets percentage of, as payment, he gets percentage of the crops. But it's still Gaisha land, so no miser. Charichen, that's a tenant farming agreement. That What that is, is the, it's the guy's land, the Jew works it and gets to stay in the land for free as, uh, as payment. He gets a free, uh, free board, but he gives percentage of the, the, the fruit 
to the to the guy. Again, the guy is the owner of the land, so there's no meiser. Arise bati avis. It's another type of sharecropper. All of these are still land owned by a guy. There's no meiser. Let's say the guy designated the field as collateral to the Jewish lender. So the Jewish person has the land as collateral. Still, even if the Jew did nimusai, even if the Jew did nimusai, it's not considered, although there was collateral, it's not considered the Jew's land, it's still part of Maisa. Now the question is, very simply put, is nimusai, if nimusai is a tag, uh, they don't tag fields. So, and if you meet, and if you think that that nashki is a field, there's no such thing as a, as a, as as uh, putting on a tag on a land. So this is just a technical issue. Is that what does nashki mean? So the Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says rather, you know what the pshat is? Elo amravashi zman. Nashki means the date. If you put the date in the loan document, if there's a date in the loan document. Then it's the collaterals considered a transfer of ownership or not. Now, okay. Now, here's the issue. We'll end with this. If there's a date in the document, then it's considered the collateral is already, it's, it's considered transferred. We haven't got to it. We haven't got to it. The issue is what So the answer is Nashki means a date. It does not mean a date. No, it means a date. Now, here's the problem. Very simple. We have a kasha, and we're going to give one, two, three answers. Very simple. The cash is like this. Is collateral considered a transfer of ownership or not? We said that if I make my slave collateral to the guy, he's already the guy's and I have to free him. But if the guy makes his field collateral by me, it's still pata for meiser because it's the guy's. Is collateral considered mine or not? By the slave, it's considered mine. By the field, it's not considered mine. You hear what I'm saying? Dad, you got it? By, by, the, by, the, by the slave, if I... If I yeah, so is it mine or is it yours? So by the slave, we said that if I make the slave collateral by the guy, I have to free him because it's as if I gave it to the guy already. But by the land, if you're a guy and you give me a field collateral, even if you're, it's by me and it's collateral, it's still a guyish owns field, there's no miser. So is, is collateral considered a sale or not? So the Gemara says, Kasha is man as man. I don't understand. What's the deal with collateral? So low Kasha. The answer is very simple. Did the time of the loan Go up. What's the case of collateral? You give me your phone and you say, if I don't pay back in 30 days, you could collect the phone. So the question is, is collateral considered a transfer or not? It just depends on, did we hit 30 days yet? Once you hit 30 days, then yeah. Before 30 days, no. You hear what I'm saying? That was a shot. Oh, so the Gemara says, wait a minute. So you're telling me the whole chiddush of the case is where I made the slave collateral for the guy, and it's time for him to collect the money, and I couldn't pay, so he collects the collateral. He's poshit. Yeah, of course, that's a payment, so that's, that's poshit. Say, answer, no, no, no. Really, it's before the, the payment has been done. It's before. Let's say the collateral takes effect in 30 days. This is before 30 days. Buy a slave because I made the body of the slave the collateral. Meaning, the slave is entirely the collateral. The rabbis were not happy that I was doing that because the rabbis do not want me to sell the slave to the guy. And the fact that I'm making the slave collateral is not the rutzen of the chacham. They punished him. By the case of the field, the cases where I never actually made the field collateral. I made the Paris collateral. Meaning, even after I don't get finished paying, he doesn't. The Jew doesn't keep the field. The Jew just keeps the Paris. So it's never chayiv and meiser because 
even after the time of the payment, I still, the Jew doesn't keep the field, he keeps the Paris. That's the distinction. Or, or the case could be actually very simple. The cases, in both cases, I say to the guy, if in 30 days, in 30 days you have the right to collect the collateral, and what's the difference between the two cases? In both cases, uh, he did not actually collect the collateral. Last case, I just want to read that quickly. Both cases speak of a, both prices speak of a case where I put the collateral down, and I gave the person the right to collect, but he never actually practically collected. So regarding Meiser, we say that because he didn't practically collect, it's still considered the guys. But regarding a slave, because he has the right to, that already Chazal punished. He didn't get around to it yet, but he could. I will stop here. Have a good day. You too.